Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. Um, hope you've all had a good, great week so far. Um, tonight's topic um, is going over uh, personal sins. And I was looking up um, throughout the week on personal sins. and You don't really, it really doesn't come to mind like how many personal sins that people deal with on a daily. Mm-hmm. But you pull it up and there's just an abundance of things listed on, on, on personal sins. But what I do love about it is the Bible gives an answer to each personal sin. Yes. The Bible mm-hmm. is our guide. Um, anytime that we're dealing with something, we can go straight to the Bible. You have a concordance in your Bible, and it, it's just a helpful tool. Uh, so tonight, I'm excited about this, um, just to get the feedback from you all um, on this topic. So Brother Bingham, why don't you start us off tonight uh, on the topic of dealing with personal sin? Okay, well, uh, in general, I think it's important for us all to understand that we all have them. Yeah, right. Um, you know, uh, we were just talking a second ago about Hebrews 12.1 and that, that uh, sin which so, uh, doth so easily beset us. And so just in general, as we deal with that particular sin for each one of us, maybe it's multiple. Um, but I think it's important uh, in order to have victory over those things that, that we realize that, number one, Paul was writing this. Well, maybe not. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. I think it was Paul. Uh, but we don't know. Whoever was writing this, uh, was used the Holy Spirit of God to write this book and write this verse. And and he says, us. And so the person who is penning this had his own besetting sin. He was human just like the rest of us. And, uh, and so he had to deal with this, and he understood that it was to lay it aside, just lay it down. Um, and so from, from my uh, my dealing with with personal sins, I think it's very important that uh, we stay in a place where we're calling our actions sin, uh, because it's yeah. so easy to just well give up, or to just ignore it and hope it goes away. And oh, I did good for the last month. Maybe that was because, you know, I was just not thinking about it or, or whatever. But. Um, the things that we do uh, that the Bible calls sin are, you know, iniquity. They're wickedness. That's right. Yep. Um, in, in another way of defining it, a lawbreaker, it's, it's a crime mm-hmm. to commit a sin yep. against God. And it's not only a disobedience of what we know not to do. It's a, it's a neglect to obey what we know to do. And uh, so to, to keep that right in our mind will, I think, keep us on the, on the offense of making sure that, yep, this is a sin. It's something that needs to be addressed in my life. And, um, and so just in general, um, just calling sin, sin will be a great step towards uh, a victory uh, in our lives over some of these things. And then I think it's so easy sometimes to just justify our sin. Yeah. Yep. And the devil will help us do that. Yep. Right. 
he will give us all kinds of reasons why, well, it's okay. Or here's the worst one, I think, is comparing my sin to your sin. Yep, right. Well, my right. sin's not so bad mm-hmm. uh, as your sin, and so I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And it's this uh, horrible downward spiral that we get in uh, that, that just keeps us basically in our sin because we don't recognize it and call it what it is. And right. so that we can stay on the offensive and attacking that sin uh, uh, in our life and trying to gain mm-hmm. victory over it. Now, I've got a lot more, but mm-hmm. uh, in general, uh, that I think is, is just something that, that we, we've got to do is make sure that the sins that we have in our life, that we recognize them as such. If I can uh, step in real quick, and uh, I'd like to, one of my favorite Bible verses my my go-to Bible verse for soul winning. A lot of people are gonna gonna just be able to quote this, but Romans chapter five twelve. Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So we know that man was Adam. Mm-hmm. What was the sin? Eating a fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever we think yep. of sin, we have to think of Adam eating a fruit was enough to send him to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. And that should give us a right perspective. Yes. When we're talking about personal sin, all sin is included in that. Mm-hmm. No matter how big and no matter how small, you, you take the pencil from work yep. or you say the cuss words, whatever it is, right. God hates it. Mm-hmm. So much so, let's go back to that verse, wherefore by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. Because of that one sin, it wasn't just that Adam went to hell. Is that he set all of humanity on a path that we could not ourselves correct. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so in thinking about personal sin, put it all on a table. Mm-hmm. We have to have a right perspective. God hates it. Right. Amen. No matter what it is, God hates your sin. And we should hate it too. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, and that—that that is the issue. Is um, you know why do we have these besetting sins? Is we inherited that nature from Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, of course, he had a besetting sin that we can see in the Garden of Eden. But that nature's passed to all of us, so we've all got to struggle with it. Um, and it doesn't matter what your gender is or your race or your personality. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter a lot of things. If you are a human being, you're going to struggle with a besetting sin. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I mean, you look at some of the great people in the Bible. Some of the great people in the Bible had a besetting sin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man on the earth, but that besetting sin of women uh, turned his heart away from God. And he he could impart great wisdom to all of us, which we're thankful for, but yet he himself missed the ability to overcome that sin. And I think that is one of the blessed things about being a Christian, is if a Christian can learn to overcome this sin, that besetting sin, it gives him such a victorious spirit. 
Mm-hmm. And it gives us such a, you know, a conquering spirit that that Christ wants to manifest. And conversely, when a when there's a besetting sin in our life and we just can't get victory over it, it really drags us from serving the Lord. It does. So, um, you know, Peter, even Peter was wrote books in the Bible, but Peter had a he was probably a hot tempered man. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and would speak before thinking. <laughs> he just he got got angry, angry person, denied the Lord three times. But somewhere along the line he overcame those things. And so truthfully, there is hope for people who may have struggled and may have struggled for years with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know in your heart, I mean you don't advertise it. We don't go to somebody else. Maybe you tell your mate, you know, hey, I struggle with this and maybe they pray with you. But Maybe even nobody knows about that besetting sin, and, and it's Christians' desire to have victory over that. So we can feel that conquering spirit that God intended us to have. I think one valuable thing, uh, I've got about seven things here, but I won't give them all, okay? <laughs> um, you know, if, if, if something never enters your mind, then you cannot act upon it. You can only act yep. upon what you allow your mind to dwell on and to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, some sins, like yeah. a temper, okay? A person in a temper, they, they're not thinking before they react and get mad. And so they have to learn, stop and think. And it has to become a pattern over time in their life. And they're going to struggle with it, but they can overcome it. Whereas on the opposite side, there are sins like lust, where you can't allow it in your mind. You can't allow your mind to think of lust. When that thought comes in, um, the thought has to be banished from your mind immediately, or else you'll dwell on it. And if you dwell on it, that's when it um, it comes to fruition in our life. So we have to... We have to control our thoughts and our thought life because it's not a sin to necessarily hit that thought. It's a sin to dwell on that thought and allow that thought to control us and, and mm-hmm. you know, take evil fruition in our life. Right. So I think the, probably the biggest thing is to learn to control your mind. And when you have a wrong thought, man... Erase it out of your mind and put your mind on something else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, the Bible even teaches us in Romans, we serve the Lord in the law of our mind. Right. And right. and so we cannot separate our service from the Lord <clears throat> with our without our mind. Our mind mm-hmm. um, has to be there. If we're serving the Lord, you know, we got to have that mind in control and that mind... Um, has to be willing to uh, eschew evil, to banish it immediately. Um, if we can do that, we'll have overcoming power. We'll have overcoming strength um, in our lives. So, you know, it's letting that mind of Christ be in us. Um, so thought life can avoid a lot of trouble by our, our minds. And I think this too, I think it's so important that we dwell on the consequences of sin. Yes. That's where we need to dwell. 
if I commit this sin, what is going to happen in my yeah. life? Yeah. yeah, it's going to bring destruction. Yeah. It's going to bring hurt. It's going to bring pain. It's going to bring um, misery to people that I love and that people love me. Um, and and it's there's there's deep consequences, and the consequences are usually harder and longer than what we think or what what we're planning on mm-hmm. right. and usually we're not thinking of the consequences when we lose our temper or when we um you know we enter into lust or even even somebody that has a habit of lying i've you know i've met years ago i met a young lady she just she just lied about every little thing and it was so obvious but she was blinding her mind from it yeah and yeah. and and it really made her, um, it lowered her character level in the mind of so many people. And people, and then she couldn't figure out why people rejected her. And and it, I think it's a sad thing because the mind has to be in control. The thought life has to be control. And, and where we have to dwell is those consequences. What will happen? Right. What's going to happen? If I enter into this besetting sin, mm-hmm. so I think those are a couple key things. I had this written down too about you know I study out what that sin is costing you, mm-hmm. uh, but to also study out, you know, so far as to understand what it's costing the name of Christ as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because when these sins are controlling us, we cannot bear fruit. And that's that's costing that's costing people maybe eternity because we're not witnessing because the devil's got us beat down in an in, in, in an area we're failing, um, but it's our sin goes way past just costing us, and I think that's important to remember, and that definitely motivates me to make sure that you know what if I'm going to bring honor and glory to to God with my life, then then I can't be doing that in sin, mm-hmm. yeah. in sin. Yeah, that's right, and it can it can cost you, and it can cost Christ, and it can uh, when I think about it, it can cost it can affect others too, yeah. um, other people around you, you know, um, as y'all were pointing out, when sin started in the Garden of Eden <clears throat> with Adam and Eve, their sin did not just affect them, but it affected everyone else that came after them. Yeah. And it just affected the whole entire race of the human earth. You know, before they had sinned, earth was a perfect place. You know, people were perfect. You know, they were doing a try. But God gave them a choice to just say, hey, do you want to follow me or do you want to do that? You see, that's a that's another proof of God's existence, too, is that God gives everyone a choice. You can sin. You can do wrong. Here are your consequences for it. Or I'll give you a choice to serve me. And you can have a life full of happiness and joy and peace and blessings. And that's not to say there won't be trials or anything sure. bad to come in your life. Right. But I think of sin, I think of that it, it costs you, it costs the name of Christ and Christianity, but it also costs other, it affects other people too. Um, you think about uh, uh, Adam and Eve, they had kids, uh, Cain and Abel. And what happened to Cain and Abel? Well, one got jealous and mad at the other and killed the other one because he was jealous of him. You know, so Adam and Eve's sin did not just 
they didn't just that wasn't just their sin it didn't just affect them you know they were kicked out of the garden even they were that you know they were they had their punishment but that punishment was passed down upon every single person that has ever lived on earth <clears throat> and us as people our sin can affect other people around us um i've heard a great illustration from uh, a, a great preacher he was saying he was talking about how your sin um you know, you do the same sin over and over and over. And you do the same thing over and over and over. And you use the illustration of every time you do that sin, <clears throat> you are strapping a bomb to yourself. And he said, you're going to get <clears throat> up there. You may become a pastor. You may become a missionary. You may become someone high up and well-respected. He said, but once that moment comes, the devil <clears throat> is going to pull that trigger and you're, those bombs are going to go off. And it's not just going to affect you. Those bombs will affect everyone else in the vicinity and around you. Yeah. Your family, your kids, friends, um, uh, people you work with. It can affect a lot of people around you, not just yourself. And that's a sin in itself is being selfish. I want to do my sin and I want to do it my way. And that's being selfish, not thinking of others. Right. And... <clears throat> um, but every single person has to deal with that, that thought of sin. Every single person has problems. Every single person has issues. Every single person has that. And we have to deal with that now um, as it's from Genesis all the way to now. But God in the New Testament, as uh, uh, Pastor Larson pointed out, was that we can overcome that sin. Right. Yeah. There is a way to overcome you know, your sin and your wrongdoing. And it's such a you know, to me, to see people come out of their sin and come out of drinking and alcohol or come out of uh, uh, smoking or uh, come out of even lying and stuff, you know, right. and, and even that stuff is just amazing to see people say, yeah, I've gotten better. I, I love seeing people come to me and say, I've been uh, 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 a whole year being sober, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like the best feeling them. It's like a relief. It's like their chains have been lifted off. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a relief to them, but but the Bible says that in uh, Romans eight uh, thirty seven it says nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So you can get over your sin, you can conquer that sin. You may be saying, "Oh man, this is just horrible." Like I am addicted. I am you know I've got problems. Um, you know I need to get help. You know, and you could be in bondage. You could be in those chains. But don't keep strapping bombs to yourself every single day because one day those are going to go off and everyone else around you is going to suffer and you're going to suffer for yeah. it. So, um, but you can, you can overcome your sin. And I love how the Bible gives us a clear path how we can know that how we're saved and we can overcome our sin because uh, we are more than conquerors. You know, we can conquer, you can conquer that sin. You know, you've got an addiction, you can conquer that. God's given you the Bible and people to help you. You can conquer that. You can get over that. So, um, but I just think that just, just think about the thought that sin affects everyone, not just you. It affects people all around you. But, um, that's what I get out of, you know, personal sin. Sometimes people deal with these problems because they're around the wrong people or they they're in the wrong places. And yeah. those things just conjure up the, they, they bring up that besetting sin. Right. Um, it's like a man that I knew had trouble with alcohol. And when he went to the grocery store, he couldn't walk down the beer aisle. I mean, he right. couldn't go there. 
Right. Because he knew he'd grab a six pack and bring it home. So yeah. he said, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to be in that place. And, you know, you may have to sacrifice a few friends and you may have to sacrifice a few places, but it, uh, where you go, but if it keeps you away from those, those besetting sins, then it's well worth it to eliminate those things in your life because, right. um, you know, they'll continue to give you trouble. The people and the places that give us, give us the, it, it seems to like trigger right. the besetting sins in our mind and in our heart. Yeah. So we have to be wise about that. Yeah. It's a very wise thing to figure out in your life how you can avoid temptation. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, because, and that's why I think we're here tonight, right? Is to figure out, we all know sin's bad, but how? Yeah. How do we overcome? How do we uh, mm-hmm. take care of these things? And I think that's a great one is is avoiding temptation. Yeah. It's figuring out what it is uh, that you can remove from your life. And that, that one action right there shows God how serious you are, shows the devil how serious you are. If you're going to right. remove this thing from your life to avoid temptation, uh, yeah. yep, yeah. You, you must be serious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and so figuring out a way to, to, uh, not be in a place of temptation, uh, goes a long way, uh, to doing that. I just want to encourage those out there right now that are maybe have, have, uh, taken a break from fighting the sin or whatever. And we always need to remember that that righteous man does fall seven times. That's right. Uh-huh. But he rises up again every time. Amen. And we have to remember First John, one uh, five or one nine. Uh, you know, where where God's grace, God's forgiveness is always there for someone who will humbly come and ask for it. Amen. And uh, if he told Peter to give forgive <clears throat> seventy times seven, yeah. And I'm still breathing. I think God's going to mm-hmm. forgive me of the same thing again and again and again. Yeah. As long as I keep coming back to Him, and and, and we can't stay down. That's always mm-hmm. the first step, right? Yeah. Uh, once you're down, once you've fallen in that sin again, the, the first step is to get back up. It's to get forgiveness again. Yep. And right. and I know yep. it gets harder and harder and harder because I just asked forgiveness for this yesterday. <laughs> but yeah. that yep. really is the first step, and we cannot forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we must always uh, be a, a getting up kind of Christian. Amen. Uh, because that... That will uh, keep us in that fight. Amen. Amen. I um, I have a uh, dealing with sin is is sometimes really hard too. It's it's wearying. Mm. Yep. Um, I remember there's several sin battles that I've had, and it's sometimes I couldn't wait to go to bed because it seemed like when I wake up in the morning, I just felt refreshed. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. day, yeah. Well, there's even a Bible verse that talks about that. Mm-hmm. But sin can be, just be worrying. Uh, there's that movie Pilgrim of Progress, and he's uh, there's a few movies about that. It's a good book. If you uh, something good to read, yeah, um, and uh, he just has a weight on his back, and that weight is weighing him down. He's trying to get somewhere, and and it's just it's just worrying. And sin can be like that. It's like the the thorn in your flesh. Sometimes uh, it could be like the the paper cut. You know, you just you 
It's just something so small, but it's just very irritating, mm -hmm. even to the worst. Yeah. Uh, we're all involved in ministry, and and we see the people that sins just wrecked their life. Yeah. And you just simply ask them, are you, are you tired of this? And they're like, yeah, I hate this. Yeah. But yet they just... They return back to it. The Bible says, like, a dog returns to his vomit. Mm -hmm. right. And it's really a sick thing. Um, I had a an instant in my life, and this the sin, sin affected me almost to the point of salvation. And uh, I just was having a hard time. And I, I was in Bible college at the time. In Bible college, meaning I was preaching several times a week. I was on a bus route. I was going to church every single service. I was in college, going to chapel. Uh, I was hearing preaching every day, but I got to a point where I really just doubted my salvation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had a, a somebody I, I would talk to about it. Somebody I, I needed counseling. And they told me about a story of a man, a famous preacher, Charles G. Finney. Mm -hmm. And Charles G. Finney, in his ministry, we're talking about a man that had the power of God on him. He uh, preached the word of God. He, uh, he would sometimes walk in a room and people would, would cry out like oh no it shows you they want to get away from him because they knew of his character and his stance against sin and his preaching of the word of god and some people would even repent mm -hmm. when they would see him in a room wow. but he got to a point even in all in the midst of all of that in his ministry that he said uh maybe i'm not saved mm -hmm. and he started to doubt what god had done in his life <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily a fact that he had uh, not been saved. There was a matter of that he had got so close to God that his sin was grievous to him. And it was, a, it was a matter of dealing with sin and seeing himself as a sinner that really made him start to think that he's lost. And that's, I know there's people out there that you've been dealing with sin and you're like, there's no way I could be saved. Yeah, Why does right. this sin keep on coming back in my life? Right. Yeah. But don't give up. Yeah. Satan, right. he's going to throw stuff at you. Yeah. If Satan could right now, he would appear before you and, and destroy your life. Mm -hmm. Don't give him that place. God is still willing that you would come back to him and get things right. So that man told me that story. And he said, did, did you ask Jesus Christ to save you? And I said, of course, I remember the day. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know. I remember the weight that was lifted off my shoulder. He said, well, don't doubt what's God, what God has done in your life. And so Amen. don't doubt your salvation because right. you have sin in your life, Amen. but go after your sin. That's right. right. We have to attack our sin, and it has to become serious to us. But don't let it get you weary. Wake up another day, get in your Bible, Amen. pray to God, and then take steps forward as God always wants us to do. I think it's important to draw that line in our in our walk with God and, and how we're dealing with, you know, uh, the, the attack of Satan as well is that, you know, we know that Satan deals in doubt. Yep. But God and the Holy Spirit, he deals in conviction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're going to be convicted about your sin. Uh, but the, the doubt that creeps in from that, that's not from God. Uh, he, no. He's he's not he's not trying to get you to doubt that he loves you. That's right. He's not trying to get you to doubt that uh, you still belong to him. Uh, but he is trying to uh, bring about a conviction in your heart that would draw you back to him. Yep. 
And um, so that's an important line that I learned is, you know, the difference between doubt and conviction and understanding who's doing the talking at the time yeah. uh, has helped me. Yeah, that besetting sin causes us to want, want to run away from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we can't. We've got to run to God when we're tempted. And um, that's the key is just running to God. You realize you're being tempted. You realize that besetting sin could come to fruition in your heart and your life. and then, But you stop and you run to God and say, God, help me. You know, God understands that we're human. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that is one reason why he came in the flesh, yeah. is to he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands what it's like to be a human, but he was a human without sin, right. and 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 so he he touch, has the feelings of our infirmities in his heart. He understands our weakness. He knows that we're frail, that we're human. So we can run to him when we feel like. I'm weak. I'm not able to handle this temptation. We can run right to God. And another point I wanted to make was, you know, everybody needs to be in a church where a preacher is preaching on sin and how to remedy it. Yes. Yes. You know, a lot of people are just in these comfy churches and, or maybe a formalistic or ritualistic type church. And you're not getting the preaching that's going to directly help you. Mm -hmm and help you overcome uh, these sins. And God gave us the whole word, and that that whole word needs to be preached from pulpits because there is something in there that is going to help you if you grab a hold of that. But listen, if you're in a church like that, get out and get in a Bible-preaching church where the preacher is going to preach because Mm -hmm. it's the preaching of the word of God that's going to change us, make us stronger, it's going to bring to light these things that um, are attacking us and besetting us. It's going to bring them to light. Right. It's going to shine the light on them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what we need because it illuminates it to our heart, and our heart is like, I can't go on. I've got to be right with God in this area. So get under a good Bible preaching church. It's, yeah. it's so important. Yes. So important. That's right. I think... Uh, for me too, it's it's been scripture memory. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, yes. You know, I read about Jesus facing Satan face to face and temptation, and how he dealt with with that temptation. And if it wasn't for the Word of God, he could quote back to Satan. You know, that's that's what yeah. he used. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. and it's like you said earlier, we're to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's right. And and so to have verses that immediately not only shoes Satan, you know, and that temptation, but also change the thought process in our mind to something scriptural. Right. uh, Is a huge, huge thing. And I will say this, uh, just off of what you said uh, about being in church, it's so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't know what scriptures I need to memorize, but I know that when I'm sitting in that pew and you're preaching, uh, since I've been at this church, there's been verse after verse after verse. And, oh, yep, I need to add that one. I need to commit that one to memory. Mm-hmm. And right yeah. in the middle of the message, I'm getting another verse from God that I'm going to need. Maybe I don't need it right now. Maybe I wonder why I'm even going to need it. Yeah. 
but I will need it in the future. And uh, it goes into my scripture memory uh, app that I use, and uh, I, I review those things, and, and God is using those things to change my mind, change my heart um, in order to do that. And so you must, you must be in the scripture and not yeah. just reading it, but, but committing it to memory and meditating on it. Yeah, and the Bible says, uh, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. right. You know, um, the Bible never says just stand there and, you know, dwell in your sin the rest of your life and just stay there. You know, that's what the devil wants for you, but that's not what God wants for you. But, um, you know, uh, I've heard it said before, you know, like Brother, uh, Brother Jeremy Bingham was talking about, about Bible verses. Um, you know, when a... We've, we've had this before, you know, where maybe a, a wrong song or a wrong thought pops up in our head. And, you know, sometimes you even, uh, I've caught myself, you know, going in the store or Walmart or something and something's playing over the radio and I'll be all of a sudden walking with it and singing to it. You know, that's yep. just our human nature, you know. Yeah. But then I got to wait, stop. No, that's not right. And that is a great time to have those Bible verses right. ready on hand to just quote. I've got a whole list that I go through anytime something like that happens to me. And I just, I try to quote as many as I can. Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, I'm done shopping. I'm back in the car and the devil is not tempting me anymore. Right. It's amazing how the devil, just by saying some words that are in God's word, he just, he's gone. Mm -hmm. He just flees the scene. And uh, I think of uh, in Ephesians when it says, put on the whole armor of God too that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we as Christians, we may forget a piece of our armor, you know, maybe your helmet or your uh, your breastplate. Well, the devil knows that, and he's going to attack that spot right. every single time. And um, I think in medieval days, you know, they didn't have armor on their backs. You know, if you turned around, you were probably a dead man. You know, you're, you're getting shot with an arrow or something that would kill you on your back. So you had to stand and you had to fight your enemy. And I think that's so important to us as Christians as we put on the whole armor of God that we put on every single piece of armor because if you miss that shield, the devil's going to be swinging at your arm. If you miss that breastplate, he's coming after you. You know, He's coming after you, that direct sin. And the devil knows what your personal sin is. Mm -hmm. He knows it and he's going to keep attacking that because he knows that's your weakness. And um, I think that's why it's so important to memorize Bible verses, to have a prayer life, you know, right. talking to God, him talking to you, going to church is what uh pastor had mentioned, going to church, getting in a Bible preaching church that will, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad in my life that someone told me that I had sinned and I did wrong. You know, if no one would have told me that, I would probably be still on my way to hell to this day. If no, if no preacher... Or if no parent or someone would not have told me that you are a sinner and you need Jesus, you need a Savior, someone to save you, then I would be on my way to hell right now. Mm. And I would not be saved, born-again Christian. And I'm thankful for people who would do that. You know, there's, as Pastor had mentioned, there's a lot of churches nowadays that will um, tell you that, you know, your sin is okay. You know, and you're, you know, we all deal with it. We all go through it. But it's okay, you know. It, it's under the blood of Jesus. You know, you've heard that saying before, it's under the blood. You know, that's true. It is under the blood if you're saved. But God never, ever 
says that you should dwell in your sin. God never ever promotes you dwelling in that sin, even after you're saved. Yes, your sins are gone in the deepest of sea, they're gone. But because um, because you're saved, don't use that as an excuse to sin. Right. Don't say, oh, I'm saved, it's whatever, I'll do whatever. No, God God doesn't want that. And I believe the Bible talks about that. I can't quote the verse off my uh, top of my head. Um, but the Bible talks about that. You know, what shall we dwell in sin? You know, nay, you know, uh, Paul talks about that in Acts, I believe, Acts or Romans. And, um, but I think it's just important, you know, like Brother Bingham said, you know, have a Bible reading time, uh, memorize verses, uh, prayer life, going to church, soul winning. All those are just putting on the armors of God so that the devil can't attack you in those uh, little chinks or in those little sections. So, yeah. Just to throw this in there. Um, I do know of a good church. It's located at 2501 South Broadway in Moore, Oklahoma. <laughs> Moore Baptist Church, great pastor. Amen. Pastor Sten Larson. Amen. Shameless. Uh, That's an advertisement, isn't it? He yeah. preaches. He preaches on sin. He sure does. One Amen. thing that you'll find when you come to our church is um, he doesn't shy away from it. He preaches the whole council. And I'm glad. <clears throat> one thing that Brother Brandon brought up: um, if if we were to get a room room full of Christians in here, and if they were to be honest, they've probably had that mind, that, that thought running through their mind, am I really saved? Yeah. The sin over and over yeah. and over I stumble upon. Am I really saved? And I think <clears throat> when we see a lot of people leave the church and never come back, they run from God. That's right. And as Pastor said, if we run to God, and just to be honest, you know, there's been times in my life where something would happen, a sin would so easily beset me and I would leave for a little yeah. bit for a time yeah. but nothing ever in my life turned out good once I left the house of God yep. mm-hmm. and I, 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 I could always feel the prayers of people um, who would pray for me um, my wife uh, just close friends hey come back to church don't let this one thing deter you from what God has set for you and I just want to, I want, I want that to come to your mind if you're listening tonight. And there's just this one sin that you're struggling with, that you're dealing with. Don't let it deter you. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it take you from where you know you ought to be. That's good. Run to God, mm-hmm. not away from God. A saying that I've heard so many times, and we've all heard it. Sin will take you further than you thought you would ever go. Yeah. Uh, keep you longer than you thought you'd ever stay. And cost you more than you would ever pay. You hear people talk right. about all the time, I never thought it would end up like this. Right. I never thought I would lose my family. Right. I never thought I would, end, I, would, I would end up in jail. I never thought. And, that, and in the moment, you're not thinking about the consequence. Right. And someone brought it up tonight, if we would think about, I think, Pastor, if we would think about yeah. the sin that we're doing and what it would cost us, mm-hmm. would we go ahead and do it anyway? Mm-hmm. Don't let that sin so easily beset you to, let, to, to cost, cost you everything. Yeah. Run to God instead of from God. That's right. Yeah. I think so, another... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to just try to throw out a topic here to, to maybe help us. Um, maybe I'll have some thoughts on this. Uh, but accountability is still a, a, uh, a big tool that we can use and uh, 
When I think of accountability, I think of being a parent. And I, it is my job as I raise my kids to hold my kids, hold my children accountable uh, for, for the rules that I've made in my house. Yeah. And so, and this is kind of fresh on my mind because now I have two that are still in my house and I have two that are in Bible college and they're, they're kind of moving on to adulthood now and, and they're becoming more independent. And, um, and so where is accountability? Well, I'm not over them. I'm not watching every step now. Mm -hmm. I'm not making them do anything. So I'm not holding them accountable. But one thing that they can do is to make themselves now accountable back to me in that they know how they should be living and they know what God is doing in their life, but not to hold on to that and just be their own independent, isolated person, yeah. but to make themselves accountable to someone who knows them very well, uh, who knows their tendencies, who maybe knows their uh, sins that so easily beset them, and make themselves accountable. And so I don't, I, I think in some ways, you know, maybe the religion as a whole has gotten to a place where, you know, some people are thinking that, that the church is there to hold people accountable. Mm. Yeah. When no, church is an opportunity to come, hear the word of God, let, the, let God convict your heart and help you understand where you need to improve. That's all the work of God. Now, as adults, as Christians, we ought to desire uh, and, and put ourselves in a place of being accountable and, and use that as a tool to help us in our sin. Amen. That's right. Uh, the Bible says, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. So find yourself a spiritual person who you can make yourself accountable. Mm, that's good. They're not forcing you to live right. No, you're just using them to keep you accountable in that area yeah. because they're spiritual and they're going to look, look to restore you and encourage you in that area. That's right. Uh, and so this change uh, from accountability of, a, of, of someone making us live a certain way, you know, a, a policeman holds me accountable on the road, uh, but me volunteering to put myself in a place, the Bible does say, confess your faults mm -hmm. one to another. Yeah, that's right. It right. says, make yourself accountable to someone. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is this, I, I think it's widely misused and misunderstood, but accountability is still a powerful tool yes. for yeah. a Christian right. to use uh, in order to gain victory and keep victory. Yeah. Right. We may get some victory, but, but to be able to keep that lasting victory uh, over sin in our life. So I, I, I just wanted to throw out the accountability and just some of the things I've learned on that. Maybe you all have some important points on that. That's good. Yeah, we're afraid to put ourselves out there and stick our neck out. We are. To be accountable. But let me tell you something. Um, when we're honest with ourselves and we have somebody helping us be accountable, if we all are sinners, then everybody else understands the struggles we're going through. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's not like the accountability partner is any better than you nope. or looks down or is nope. judging you. Right. 
the accountability partner is somebody that understands that you know you're struggling and that he understands where you're at not from a you know a judgmental point of view but from a brotherly point of view yes yeah you know and so don't be afraid to have somebody say hey can you help me be accountable where i'm at and and that will help you just by the way make sure they're a spiritual person make sure they're a faithful person in church who has a good testimony right uh, in church and that will that will help that will be an encouragement to you yeah man so i i want to throw a curveball i'm i'm gonna throw it i'm gonna throw you i'm telling you i'm gonna ask a question and i want to get your input so Uh if you could have any superpower in the world sky's the limit any superpower in the world whatever you want the one caveat is you have to give up one of your five senses. We have seeing, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Mm. So you can have any superpower in the world. What would you get if you gave up one of your senses? Anybody have an answer? I feel like I'm in the playground playing with all my friends. And we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. In, we'll see, but if, if You're going if, somewhere with this. Yes, I, w- I want to take this somewhere. Anybody have any? I'll say strength. You would want strength, but you have to give up one of your senses. What sense would you give up? That's a hard one. Yeah, that is a hard one, huh? Right. I'd give up my sense of smell. But sense of smell. I think so. That now would, it that would affect my taste. But that, that I would yeah. give up smell as well. Smell <laughs> and taste are connected. So True. could you imagine eating the rest of your life without tasting anything? No taste at all. I so, lose weight. That'd be the good thing. But. True, <laughs> true. All right, so so here here's what I'm trying to get at. Our bodies are amazing. When God created us, he created us lacking nothing. No one would give up their eyesight. That's one you would definitely not give up. Mm-hmm. Right. Your yep. sense of touch is so important at dealing with daily tasks, hearing. There are people that that are deaf and still live a life and function. But if, well, if you could give up anything, that's a hard one to answer. You wouldn't really want to give it up. So God created us in a way that we are completely capable beings. God also, as a Christian, has given us some tools that we need to function as a Christian. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his spiritual leaders. Mm, I, I feel like a sermon's coming on. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. He's given us access to his throne. Yeah. He's given us his kingdom, service in his kingdom. You know, you can be busy about doing the Lord's work. Right. He's, given him, he's given us the ability to make decisions for his will by getting, making decisions not to do that anymore, right? And he's given us his plan of repentance. There's more stuff that he's given us. That's just a few tools that he's given us. And as a Christian, God has equipped you to handle life, every single aspect of it. You might say, you don't know quite my circumstance. No, but the word of God's written for you and me. And you know what? God, if, if he could, if he only, if the whole world was wicked and he only 
was to save you and you were the wickedest of all sinners. He would still do that and he would still equip you with everything you needed as a Christian to fulfill his will and to live life as a Christian. So sometimes it's not a matter of uh, what we have. It's just a matter of making a decision. God, you've given me everything I need and we have no more excuses. And we have to stop whining. We have to stop saying, oh, well, maybe tomorrow. Lord, please help me. And, and, and if you're struggling with sin, keep going. But at a certain time, you just got to stop and say, I'm, I'm a man. I'm going to stand up on my own two feet, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do something for God. And I'm not going to let that sin bother me anymore. I am just going to take off as a Christian, and I'm going to run my race, not being beset. If you're the guy with, that has sin and you're standing at the finish line, you're going backwards. Mm-hmm. But Paul said, I've run my race. He's run it. He ran it hard. And God's equipped us to do all of that. Not, not just to be a puny Christian either, but to be a mighty Christian. So we just need to stand up and, and go. We just need to right. stop whining. That's good. That's, good. That's really good. Those are really, really good thoughts. Um, if you're out there listening today um, and you want to get help with your sin, the first step in doing that is by being saved. And um, you have to realize, number one, that you are a sinner, that you've done wrong. Realize that Jesus Christ died for you and he rose again for you and he did that for you. And all you have to do is trust Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save your sin and to take you to heaven when you die. And you have to do that through your heart by believing your heart you can only do it yourself no one else can do it for you but that is the first step in knowing um that and how how you can know to get your sin uh get your sin settled and that's the first step to take is to make sure that you are saved and um just like um brother brett mentioned our church earlier we have a website we have a phone number that you can call you can call that number and we can help you we can talk to you on the phone and we can make sure that you can have have an eternal place in heaven, and your sin can be covered by Jesus' blood because he's already paid for it. It's a free gift, free oh, gift yeah. of eternal life that he's given you. Yes. And all you have to do is accept it. And um, I think of that. Um, Brother Brandon's going to go ahead and dismiss this in a word of prayer. My Lord and Savior, I, I do thank you so much for for loving us. That's uh, it's really hard for me to comprehend because we're all just sinners here. Mm-hmm. No matter... No matter how good we've talked tonight, we're just a whole bunch of sinners in the room just trying to encourage some other sinners just to do better. And and we in our own lives are striving to do that. And I thank you that you can look down upon us, a wicked sinner that deserves hell, and you can say, all right, come on, let's get a little closer. I'm so thankful that we can have that type of relationship with you. And it's not just a an acquaintance uh, it's it's a love that you proved on the cross. Amen. That's how far you were willing to take our sin was to to get rid of it on the cross. And help us, Lord, as a Christian, that we would just have such a desire to see our sin diminish and that we would love you more. Please bless us. Help us to fulfill your will. Help us to get over that sin that's stopping us from doing more for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.